And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted admin advisor, small business advocate, Bigs Hacks producer, PNC fundraiser. Yeah, no, I've got too many hats. That's uh, one of my problems, but we can discuss that on another day. Today, we've got an awesome special guest, which I'm super excited about because I'm going to learn a lot about this. I can't take notes work the panel and check my uh, script at the same time, but I will certainly be listening back to this podcast and applying as much of this expertise to my own business as I can, because it's super exciting. So welcome to the uh, show, Alex. Thank you very much. We've got Alex Dance here. He's from Hero SEO Partners, which um, is a, a great little local company which provides SEO and analytics support to small business. And what we're going to be talking about today, which I'm so excited about, is those those tricky little numbers that fly around our website, they fly around our social social media campaigning and they do literally fly around and very few of them stick. Very few of them actually mean anything to us because we're saying, yeah, I've turned on Google Analytics and I can see the little orange bar at the bottom of Facebook. But what does that actually mean? How do you take that information, throw it to through the washing machine and spit it out as something actually as a useful tool for your business? And that's what we're going to be covering today. So welcome to the show, Alex. Excellent. Um, firstly, let's talk a little bit about your business journey because it is quite interesting to hear from my experts what it is that drove them to this part of their career. So take me a little bit through where your background is and what led you to this point. So I did uh, mathematics at university. Um, so Woohoo! Statistics. <laughs> hey, some people get excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> um, so I then kind of was working in um, big business and uh, what ends up happening marketing campaigns, especially big marketing campaigns. And the general rule of thumb is that half the marketing in big business works and half doesn't work. Um, so it was my role to work out which worked and which didn't work. Um, so it's basically around kind of looking at the campaign, analysing it from a numbers perspective. But the only way to really do that properly is to understand the campaign properly, understand mm. everything that's happening. Um, and a lot of times people were only kind of doing part of it. So I became the expert on the campaign, what we were doing beforehand, what we're doing afterwards. Um, and then when you become the expert, you become the marketing expert and then you become a marketing guy. So you're one of these few people in the corporate world who actually had to wear many hats hats in your in your role as what you were doing that's it's fascinating that you've got that marketing statistician background which is not something that you hear of quite frequently in those in the marketing world so that sounds to me a bit like how small business has to behave right we're, we're a bit like corporates in that we've got to have a marketing campaign and we've got to look at those statistics and then we've got to spit them out but we don't have the machine do we We've got, uh, we've got other tools, but sometimes we don't use them as well as the big machine of corporate. Absolutely. I mean, if you look back kind of 10 or 20 years, the small businesses didn't really have the tools, but now they do and they have the ability to use it. Mm. Um, and, it's, and it's simple to use as well. I mean, particularly with Google Analytics, um, it's, a, it's a free tool that Google offers and it allows businesses to kind of look at their web page, look at what's working, what's not working. And we can kind of talk through that as we go along. Yeah, definitely. So, so just, let's just do a look at a bit of a broad overview of what is available to small business out there because like you said it's relatively inexpensive it's uh it's it's a little bit about time and we do say a lot on this program that it's important that you factor in your time to learn these things and study them and then and use them appropriately um and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, later on the show about how to engage with someone properly if they're going to help you with seo but let's go through what the different analytic tools are that are available to small business uh, so certainly as I said, Google Analytics is That's available. That's the big one. That's on, the one on, we all know about. Yeah. On your web page, yeah. absolutely. Um, and there's Facebook advertising, which mm-hmm. is kind of on your advertising and what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I look at kind of analytics from kind of three main perspectives. There's the market view of 
like what are the total number of customers available mm. um, and then your web page mm. um, and how many customers you've got mm. um, and then how many will have to go into your web page and then how many become your actual customers. Mm. So there's kind of three levels of that. So certainly there Google has a lot of tools available and certainly Google AdWords on keywords for your industry, if you're looking up bookkeeper in Hornsby, what, how many people are searching for that, um, and then how many people are kind of going to your website. So it's that market information that's also available. And I think that that's something that we don't normally allocate time to when we're looking at our marketing strategy with, with web-based stuff is, well, I need to look at the whole market. It's, is, it, does it, is it similar to that concept of who is your ideal client or do you think that's the second level down? Is it first, here are all the clients, and then the second tier is, Here's the ones I'm trying to target, and then the third tier is who can I actually get? Who can you actually get? Because a lot of the times it becomes like I do. I have tools available um, through kind of software tools that are used from an SEO perspective. Mm. Um, and every business has a keyword; it's what their business is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's often kind of a niche keyword. So if I use an architect, for example, you could be a, an architect in Hornsby, but then actually maybe you want to be a sustainable architect or one, maybe you want to be a sort of a, uh, a, a sort of architect for developers, etc. So it's about working out what is the area I want to go with. And if you try and be the best architect in all of Sydney... <laughs> for everyone... It's, it's not going to yeah, work. No. Um, it's about finding your, your niche area. Um, so, and then when looking at kind of any one of these areas, there's certainly total number of people who are available in the market, um, but then kind of how competitive it is. Mm. Um, so that kind of comes in, in two ways. One is just a straight, and a good benchmark for this is what's the cost to click on an ad. If it costs a dollar to click on an ad or $20 to click on an ad, um, that kind of highlights the competitiveness. Mm. Um, and then similarly from an SEO perspective, how do you then kind of get to like off page five, up to page one, up to position one. Yeah, so it sounds very much like a process-driven thing. And I guess the beginning of the process is knowing your business, knowing what you're good at, which can take time, you know, um, as, as you and I both know when you're in a business, it usually takes a couple of years before you go, hey, I want to be all these things. And then you go, actually, there's not a market for that or I'm not so good at those things. So let's narrow it down a little bit further. I don't want to say business plan because I'm not a big fan of harping on those things. But from what you're saying, it's important that you at least have an idea about who it is that you're trying to target and how you want to position yourself because those keywords are so important. Is that kind of the backbone of your SEO? Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, so certainly from an SEO perspective, it's when you know those things. I mean, it's, it, it's different for everybody, like how long you've been in business, if you're just starting up, et cetera. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, it's, it's just too hard to understand what it is that it, you're even trying to get to. So looking from a broad picture, if I'm literally a startup and I've just got a concept, now's not really the time to be analysing because I guess you haven't got any data to analyse. Well, what's the beauty of options available is that you can create data out of thin air. Um, so what is very useful is advertising, so you can do Facebook advertising, you can do Google advertising, um, you can do Bing advertising. Um, and often, by the way, people always talk about Google advertising. Bing advertising also works, but it's kind of half the price, mm. but you don't get that many. Mm. Um, and a lot of times if you're advertising, especially as a startup with a, on a shoestring budget, you might say, well, I've got a $50 budget or a $100 budget. Um, so it's, it's better to kind of get the, get the cheaper option, obviously. Mm. Um, so what you can do is you put it out to absolutely everybody. 
Because you might think, hey, my target market is females aged 30 to 40 with two kids. Yep. Um, but you might do an ad because, like, that's who your friends are, etc. Yeah, because that's who the people <laughs> I have spoken to you and said, oh, your idea is really awesome. And you've gone, well, that's my target market. Um, but in, in fact, if you actually do an ad out to everybody, yeah. only $50 or so, mm. and then you'll get responses come back. Um, and so there's several ways. People who kind of, hey, look at the service and go to your webpage and then people who become customers. Yes. So if it's not the so that's taking that, that second tier and third tier thing again. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I really like the idea of that, um, that you need, not only you need to have that planning and those ideas or what those, because I have to admit, I mean, when I first started as uh, with my bookkeeper hat on, um, I did, I, I, you know, typed in bookkeeper and I typed in Hornsby and I typed in zero and I typed in a few keywords and lo and behold, there were heaps of them. And uh, it wasn't until I started refining, I guess, things like, my mission statement or words that more described me as a person that those um, those numbers became a little bit more interesting. So you have to sort of almost do a little bit of background homework, as you suggest. Put it out there, see what comes back, and you might be a little bit surprised about who your so- supposed target market is. Absolutely, yes. Mm. As, as I said, it's, if, it's, if it's somebody different or it's some, especially it's like who's willing to pay as well, of course. Yes. Plenty, of pe- plenty of people are interested until you ask for money. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of people are very encouraging until you say, well, will you buy a ticket? <laughs> yes. Well, so um, basically, uh, you know, t- typically, as we were just talking about t- where people get their data from. So if we talk about, um, let's just look at those three things that you did mention, because they're obviously the most, the most pertinent. Google Analytics. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, because this is me putting my layman IT hat on. Is Google Analytics a thing that you, you just take me through the process so you you, be, you have a G- gmail a, a google account yes okay. so you you basically search google analytics on google yep um and then you sign in if you, right. already, if you already have a google account you can do you have to have a google account to have google analytics no you just sign in with an email address oh okay or you can create a brand new google account anyway yeah now let's just take that back a step because this is what is driving me nuts about google every six months i try and do something and it completely changes at the moment it's a brand google account is that right so you set up a brand google account and then under that you've got your gmail you've got your g drive and everything else that sits underneath it is that what they're calling it at the moment a google brand uh today yeah i think it's i mean it's easiest to have an an email address right um, and I, I have half a dozen actually Gmail, different Gmail addresses. Mm. Um, so I have one for myself um, mm-hmm. and then one for clients mm-hmm. that they share with me and share information. Mm. Um, so you can share information. So Oh, okay. That's an interesting way of doing it. Absolutely. So yeah, you, you set up with a, either your personal email address or a Gmail address. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you use Chrome, for example, it all just signs on automatically and you don't have to remember your password yes. every time you go in. Yes, which is handy. <laughs> Unless you're doing really confidential stuff, then you should probably change it occasionally as well. <laughs> yes. So you're in there, you've logged in, and what's yes. the next step? Um, so you basically sign up to Google Analytics, mm-hmm. um, and Google Analytics gives you a, a little code, mm-hmm. U8, 87576, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so this all kind of depends on the, um, t- how technically savvy you are. Um, and so you basically have to get that code and put it in your um, web page. Is that what's known as a plugin? Uh, well, kind of. It's a code. You can get a well, – if you use WordPress, for example, a lot of people have a WordPress website. Yeah, I found it quite easy to put mine in. There yeah. was somewhere I just yes. Googled how-to tutorial and then yes. found where to plug it in with the WordPress site that I was using. So you get a Google Analytics plugin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Google Analytics plugin is very simple, and then enter the the code mm-hmm. and da 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 UA whatever it is, and you p- copy it in. Yep. 
um, and then the next time you can search, you go into Google Analytics and voila, you can see the history of, of traffic to your website. Right. And what if you're one of these guys who hasn't really started up uh, and you're not really going to see any traffic at that point? Is that is that what the Google Analytics, they're just spitting back to you who have come in, a little bit about them, if, if they know anything about the person who's diving in, where they're coming from in the world, perhaps? Yes, absolutely. Right. So there's... Uh, two interesting groups of people who can kind of go to Google Analytics. One is yourself. Yeah. Oh, look, I've got 20 hits. Actually, it's just me going in 20 miles <laughs> and looking at my website. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I shouldn't feel too good about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's also what Google does is it essentially crawls the web, finds out information, um, and there's always other businesses that crawl the web as well. Um, so suddenly you'll get traffic from Russia and um, from Iraq and America and Canada and Mexico and all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll get a little bit of the, that sort of traffic mm-hmm. um, at the beginning. Um, but then when you start to tell people, of course, it'll, it'll then increase. And is it within analytics that you punch in your keywords? Is that where you put in the analytics to help with your SEO optimization? No, that would probably be in Google AdWords. Uh, AdWords. Sorry, AdWords. I got them mixed yes. up. Right. So AdWords is a different section where you put in X number of yes. words, and then you can start looking at which of those. So you might put in, as you say, you might put bookkeeper, yep, um, and bookkeeper Sydney, yep. um, and bookkeeper wherever, um, and then it can show uh, basically volumes of searches um, and how competitive it is and what price you, you would pay. Yeah, in order to get it further up the the Google channel. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so let's switch to to Facebook now. Um, the sort of analytics that you get out of Facebook are just from broadly speaking, are obviously that orange bar. Yes. Now, those of you out there who have paid a little bit of money to do a Facebook campaign, you'll see that that orange bar splits into two. So you've got your light orange, yes. which is the ones you paid. No, the organic ones. Yeah, organic yes. being those that have just come through because they're people or they're clicking on other links and the ones that you've paid for so people have had their things pushed through yes. uh, and those are, those show the views as they pop in. So... Apart from that tool where you can see which of my posts have got a higher reach in that orange bar, what other tools are available on Facebook to use? I mean, certainly when you're advertising on Facebook, um, there's some really niche segments that you can pursue. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a client and they um, have a a hearing app, for example. And so like who's interested in, um, basically it's a hearing app for uh, children, so Mm -hmm. when they're five, six years old. Um, So then you can target, say, uh, of course, who has five-year-olds and who's most interested in five-year-olds, women aged, say, 30 to 45, mm-hmm. um, but also interested in hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, therefore, it was the perfect target segment. Um, so but then you get basically three numbers from that. It's the number of people who see your ad. Yes. Um, which could be like 10,000, 5,000, a lot of people. Yes. Um, and then the number of people who would click on your ad, which might be kind of 100 or so. Um, and then you can kind of look at bang, how many people kind of came to your website and how many people bought from your uh, And you product, would see that yeah. on your website on your side, website, obviously. Yes. Okay, so it's like three phases. You want to see what the reach was, how many click-throughs there were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was something else I came across in the last couple of weeks, which is cost per click. Yes, absolutely. So if you um, – it's a kind of – certainly on a Google, it's like it's – when you're playing Google, Google AdWords or Bing, etc., it's bang, it'll pay. If you're a mortgage broker and somebody wants to search mortgage broker, you might pay $20 a click, um, whereas it's really competitive. Mm. And, and you have more money. Ma- and there's decent margins on there. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, whereas other products that are sort of less of a margin, then the price will be less because it's, le- it's less competitive. So it's just a straight kind of balance between there. But it's interesting. It's, what a lot of people don't do quite well is they just choose the standard when you, the boost. Yeah. I've been told many times not to use the boost button. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, it's 
it, it is. It can work well, um, and if you have the right product, mm. if you have a travel agency or something that's very visual. Um, I think it works kind of relatively well. But you're you're relying on Facebook then to make the assumption of who it is that you're trying to target, right? That's correct. Yes. And, and you, you know we don't necessarily trust the algorithm more than we do our own business sense. That's correct. Yes. I went to a fantastic uh, workshop all about Facebook, um, building your Facebook audience, which was put on by the Karingai Council, who do fantastic business workshops. And um, this one was really great because she actually sat down and said, "Here's your." database so we've all got our crm our, our database um in the background and you input those email addresses and that forms the backbone of the target audience you're trying to get so basically anybody who's who is logging in to facebook using any of those email addresses which we often do with work email mm-hmm. uh those people will be automatically targeted and then you can refine that down as well i thought that was a really interesting tool because it that's really really targeted that's going these are my potential clients they already know about me i want to just get in their face as a brand reminder one more time um, would you agree that that's a good technique yeah i mean, I think it, i think it works really well when you have a a really targeted segment of people who you're, who you're after, etc. Mm, mm. But if you have a bit of a mix match of clients and I got this person from over here and this person from over here, how the two of them are linked um, yeah. is, is always a bit more of a difficult. Like, for example, holidays, for example, who isn't interested in holidays, etc. So how do, you, how do you kind of match that up and bring it's it up? It's quite interesting what you're saying at the beginning of the program that you wouldn't obviously do that right at the beginning if you've picked up this database. You want to throw it out there and see what comes back to see who your target audience is because it might not be what you have obviously assumed. So again, when you're listening to this program, guys, have a think about where you are with your business journey because you might be diving into different um, options as we speak about them. Uh, let's take a quick break now. Listen to Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after these community service announcements. So um, we're back in the room today with Alex Dance. Who is it dance or is it dance? Uh, if you're English, I guess it's dance. <laughs> Do you get that a lot? I was talking, I was listening to the radio the other day, just people going, dance, dance. Depends if you're in a paddling Adelaide or Sydney. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, anyway, welcome back to the show. So we're talking about Google Analytics and I have to admit my brain is a little bit full from what we were talking about before. If you have missed any of the program, make sure you check it out on the Small Biz Matters podcast page. But just before the program, uh, before the community service announcements, we were talking a little bit about... Um, the the best data to, to use, which is, of course, your own data, where you can gain from Google Analytics, which is your own website, which we talked about plugging in a particular code that you get. And that's your own customers, that what they do. Your Facebook Analytics, what works, what doesn't work. And we all know from having gone to enough social media uh, training exercises that you do have to do some tests and find out where your traction is. You know, are you better off talking about yourself? Why is it? Why is it? Quick little side piece. Why is it whenever you stick a photo of yourself doing something quirky, your numbers go through the roof. Isn't that amazing? Is that not just a bit of a sociological experiment on your customers? Really, I can talk about my expertise all you like, but if I pull a funny face... (laughs) Then it works well. It's going to go nuts. Uh, Google AdWords tools, of course, that's for... um, good to narrow down where it is you're trying to be, what are you happy to pay for to get further up the link on AdWords. But I guess if your your name or your niche is good enough, you don't know. I mean, I don't pay for AdWords and I'm right up the top there. If you look up Small Biz Matters, it's, it's up there. But that's because I work very hard on getting content that's relevant, yeah, out there as much as I can. Um, keyword ranking, what position should you be in? So having a look at what works and what doesn't work, that's all in the keywords tool. And uh, just take me through this one here you've got mentioned here, Google tools speed test of a website. What is that? So 
a lot of websites I see are kind of slow, um, and so therefore one way to sort of check your speed is basically go to um, a speed test. Mm. So there's Google developers speed test. So mm. you just go there, enter your your thing, and it goes, well, you take 10 seconds or 9 seconds or 12 seconds or 2 seconds to load. I mean, you can kind of do it yourself where you just sort of click on it and see what's working. Um, but a lot of the times people put up images that are these really quality images. Yeah, for print. But they don't compress them down. <laughs> yes. So therefore, it's fairly simple things you can do to, to speed things up. That's a good point, actually, because we all have the patience of a gnat nowadays. Yes. So if something doesn't load in like four or five seconds, that's it. You could lose customers, which is really unnecessary because it's not hard to con- compress down images and check what it is that you're loading up there. Good Oops. point. Good point. So just during the break there, we were talking a little bit about the, the really intricate part of analytics. So take me down, take me down into the into the, <laughs> the depths of your of your understanding and, and help us learn a little bit more about that. Sure. So Google Analytics is really, there's three parts to it. I call it the ABC, Google Analytics. There's the, the acquisition, the behavior, and the conversion. So the acquisition is where do your customers come from? Um, and you can kind of really look at, I mean, certainly you can look at number of people, number of sessions, people are going to your website. Um, the bounce rate, of course, is very important, mm. um, as well as kind of the page views. But then from the acquisition point of view, there is called organic, uh, where people are searching for something. Um, there's the direct, where they go straight to it. Um, certainly social and mm. Facebook, etc. Finding out if, you, if your Facebook or your LinkedIn's working better. It's working. Um, and it's a good way of testing, because like if you say, I don't know, I'm getting 5% of my traffic from social or 20% or 30%, well, you can see when you post things and that, that changes. Because um, all of these aspects are really useful, um, but it's actually only the change that, that it is important. So, for example, if you put out an ad and bang, you can see how things change. If you go to a whole bunch of networking events for a month, mm. how many extra views are you going mm. to? Um, and then you can also look, sorry, on the acquisition, there's also the email um, and then the kind of the paid search. So you can kind of work out where people are coming from. So that's actually quite an important tool. That's within the Google Analytics. It sits in the background. So you should be checking that, the acquisition page. The acquisition page. Because that's where people are clicking through or are they going straight to the website or are they coming through it from another point. I had a, a very popular guest come on the show, evidently very popular. She used the podcast very successfully because I had people coming through from her website to my website and it was very unusual to see a completely different thing other than Facebook or LinkedIn or Google that that went came from someone else so it's using those tools and it's the changes as you mentioned I like the fact that you talked about changes they don't have to be positive do they the negative ones are just as useful exactly to an extent it's almost the canary in the mind um, yeah or if you're if, if something if you're doing the same thing or you, you try something different um, and it works better or differently. Or if you go to a networking event and you improve your pitch, mm. um, you can see, obviously, if people call you and they want to talk to you, have meetings, et cetera, and that's good. But you actually can see, bang, my, 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 something's gone up and something's gone down. Mm. Um, and you can also look on there, you can see the, kind of the user experience um, and the user flow is also r- extremely useful because in that you can see, well, people go to, say, your homepage mm-hmm. And then they go to your product page, mm-hmm. um, and then they go to kind of about us, and then they go to contacts. Um, but like a client I was working with, Anoko, they sell candles, and they were they were looking at oh, look, you know, about us. Everybody's interested in about us. Whereas in fact, when you look at like who set up Google Analytics for them, mm. people are only really interested in their candles and their products. Mm. They didn't really care too much about them. The fact that their web page looks good, they've been sent there, they're, they're on the top page of Google, they've got this automatic 
sort of okayness. You've got to still have the about us on, on there for some people, mm. um, but they're not that interested. They're, they're more interested in the product. So when you go to Google Analytics, you can see where people go. Yeah, those are those is. pay. That flow is fascinating <clears throat> from my perspective in terms of the the podcasts. If people click on a podcast. Do they stop there? Do they listen to another podcast? And if they listen to one, what was the next one they listened to? So that helps with content, I guess, if people are clicking through on your blogs and they want to see you as the expert, what's the next thing they click on? Or it might be quite product-based, as you mentioned. They might just be interested in the product. So don't spend two days trying to refine my about us and take quirky pictures because people aren't even looking at it. Exactly. Yeah, it can help you. I guess it can help how much productivity you spend on your website as well not, and making sure you're refining the places that people are actually going to. Absolutely. So that's that's still in the acquisition, or are we in B? Uh, that's probably more the behaviour. Behaviour, behavior. right? We kind of behaviour through to conversion, because mm-hmm. the conversion is really you want them to call you up, or if you've got a kind of a, a, a form to contact us, etc. That's where you want people to go, or if you have that form on the front page, that's where you want people to go. Yeah, and you don't want to make it too hard, right? Exactly. You don't want to make it too many clicks, and I guess you have to look at the behaviour of how your how your um, potential clients are behaving. If they're the sort of people that are only going to need, they're going to want two clicks and that's it, they're out, then maybe you need to look at having that call to action, that, that about us, oh, sorry, the contact us page more in their face and more available to them from the moment they get there. Absolutely. One of the things that I always talk about from an SEO perspective is kind of having the right content and having enough content. Mm. Um, so the standard thing is you should have about 500 words on your homepage. Any less than that is kind of not really enough and like, I don't really know what you guys do, mm-hmm. so I'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, any more than that is just too much information. Yeah, just blocks uh, of text. Blocks of, um, mm. And it's also, you've got to really kind of make it really obvious, essentially for Google to say what you do. Like, I am a bookkeeper. I am an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than saying, hey, I help my clients and love my clients, because um, everybody does that. <laughs> I've seen so many people actually punch in those keywords into Google, into AdWords, and then not use the keywords on their website. <laughs> does yeah. that happen? All the time. Um, what, what are some other really big mistakes that people make on their, on their websites that aren't making sure that those conversions happen with analytics and stuff? Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, there's always look and feel to a website. Mm. Um, sometimes they're a bit kind of old and, and it's not great. Um, but it's actually kind of making it an offer, like why should I contact you? Why are you, why are you different and why are you better? Um, which is the wording. I mean, certainly from an SEO perspective, when we deal with clients and there's, there's a few things you do, you kind of... Um, make sure that there's some there's site maps, etc., which will kind of make sure their their web page can be found by Google. Yes. Because some fundamental things that doesn't work, then bang, they're never going to do a great job from an SEO perspective. Right. Um, then you look at the tags and you just kind of give you a little description, either 70 words, 140 words, mm-hmm. and you describe exactly what you're doing. Um, and then you have kind of the content on there, so you're going to kind of say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of the on page, but then there's the off page where you're building up through directories and other things, which is building up your reputation. Yes. So A, you make it easy for Google to know what you do, and B, you build up your reputation and when that happens, your, your traffic will grow. And so this is about um, content, but not necessarily just being on your website. Is this where you're saying you're producing content that might appear elsewhere? So you might write an article, a blog, uh, you might have lots and lots of Facebook traffic, you might make sure that you're posting on LinkedIn all the time. And how does that funnel through to, uh, to helping your website get further up Google? So it's about reputation. Mm-hmm. So every business has a certain trust score. So Ooh. Sydney Morning Herald will have a lot of trust, etc. Yep. A brand new business will have no trust. 
So therefore, ideally, you'll have the Sydney Morning Herald give a link to you because um, oh. they've got a lot of trusts and oh. a lot of credibility. But that's a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So therefore, how do you kind of describe what you do and get it on there? So there's a number of places and directories and infographics. For example, um, Yelp, you can go on there and, and put there. So there's a whole industry of that. Um, so when we work for a, a client, we will put sort of 20 different postings about their business on the web, not yeah. all in Australia, some are overseas. Oh, okay. Um, but we do it very much sort of a trust because we know the trust of the place, etc. So therefore, so it's a standard, like for a bookkeeper, bang, suddenly your reputation will go up. Mm. And so therefore, Google sees you as a much more credible because if the web is just a sort of a st- standard place where nothing really changes and there's a whole bunch of old websites, it kind of gets a bit boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but if it, well, there's a lot of extra information available then Google likes that. But similarly, if you put um, a blog on your webpage, like what's the best way to, I don't know, store your receipts? Do you put them in a shoebox or do you do something else or whatever? Mm -hmm. So a useful article that kind of describes what you do. So, hey, we're the best bookkeeper in Hornsby, et cetera. Has the ad words. Has the ad words. Yeah. Yeah, has has the key words. Yeah. um, In your blog, et cetera. So this is what you do. So you're an expert in that field. Right. Okay. No, that's starting to make sense now. So, and 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 is that an algorithm that that Google has, where that whole trust algorithm is that like one of their tools that they have to push you up or down, and that's part of it? Yeah, they have over two hundred different variables, mm. um, and they're a bit cagey about exactly yes. what they do, and they change it. Et yeah, they do. They change them all the time, don't they? Um, but so they change it all the time. But then there's a the SEO industry is continually changing all the time as well. Uh-huh. Um, so if you, a lot of SEO guys have web pages purely to change things to see what happens. Oh, like testers. Yes. Oh, wow. So bang. And then you see it enormously so. Like every single little business, like your position 50, then your position 45, and then your position 43, and then your position 44. Every day it changes. Um, and so... Therefore, when things are not doing particularly, when you haven't done anything particularly well from an SEO perspective and then suddenly you do, bang, you see your, your numbers drop, your position 70, your position 50, your position 30, your position 10, and it changes every day. So this is how you guys really see the matrix is I'm, I'm fascinated by these test sites that you're constantly tweaking to see if you can see through the matrix of the algorithm to find out what the true at the secret herbs and spices to try and work out what that is. That's that's really awesome. And that's, again, you know, we, we talk about that a lot on the show, why it's really important to engage with experts. There's only so much time. <laughs> I mean, that, it's, it's a huge amount of time when you're first setting up. I remember I spent about two weeks building my WordPress website originally and then I reckon another two days trying to get my head around AdWords and analytics. Now, analytics makes it quite easy. It's quite easy to work through and, and figure out and see how it works. I love the funnel system and seeing how people move through your website. That's fascinating. But um, what we might do is we might take a quick break and I want to talk about now that you've got all this data sitting in front of you, putting your marketing hat back on again, how do you change the way you behave with your marketing to make the most of these um, these analytics that you've got through from your website? So we're going to be back after this community service announcement. We are speaking to Alex Dance from Hero SEO Partners and we'll be back after this. 
And you're back in the room with Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We are talking to one of our industry experts, which we are so lucky to have on the show, Alex from Hero SEO Partners. And he's talking all about um, the fascinating world of analytics. Uh, I'm a little bit of a mathematician, a little bit, just a little bit, but I can't possibly see the world that you see, which is which is really interesting, all this data that you gain from so many different sources as a small business. So we've just been talking about our analytics hat. We've been talking about how to set those things up, uh, how to um, introduce them into your website, how to use the tools that are available on Facebook and uh, and Google and all that stuff. So if you haven't missed any of today's program, I highly suggest you go to the smallbizmatters.com.au website, click on the blogs and podcast page and make sure you download this fantastic uh, podcast. But on with the show. So you've got the data, you've got it sitting in front of you. Um, what's the best way to sort of use it to better your business? So I'm a big believer in testing. Um, so starting with small changes and then make some make something else um, and make some other changes. Are you talking about in your website or in, in your marketing? In your website, in your marketing, in everything. Um, so sometimes it's a bit harder from a technical perspective, but A-B testing um, is what I would often recommend. So you try two different things uh-huh. and you see which one gets the best response rate, which one works, which one doesn't work. If you're doing an ad, do two different ads. Um, a lot of the times, the advantage of A-B testing, especially in a like a relatively big business, um, it's trying to work out what something should be. So somebody say, oh, it should be red and somebody else say it should be blue. And in a big business, it's the hippo principle, which is the highest paid person's opinion goes. And so therefore, hey, if the highest paid person says it should be red, then away it goes. But in fact, it's actually try red and blue and then see which one works. And that's an oversimplification. Mm. But one is, hey, have your standard price, have, have your offer there. Mm-hmm. And another one say, have your offer with your price. Okay, let's give, let's give a specific example. Say, for example, I'm a florist mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to have two major offers popped up so that we can do some A-B testing. Yes. Um, one might be for a bouquet, a red bouquet, another one might be for a blue bouquet. So I've got those on the website. Am I also then going to use the um, advertising tools of Facebook as well just to see where, I need to see where the responses are coming in, obviously. I can't just pop it on my website and expect people to go for one or the other. I need to use, I guess, one of the advertising tools as well. You would use either Google, Bing, yep. Facebook, or mm-hmm. perhaps Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you can have basically two ads. Yes. Spend $10, $20 per ad. Yeah. Um, You've got to do the same, obviously, for it to be an A-B so, test. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, and one just has a picture of red flowers. One has a picture of blue flowers. Mm-hmm. You send them to your, the red page on mm-hmm. your website, mm-hmm. the blue page on your website, um, and whichever one sells the most, bang, that, that's the one that works. All the while looking at who is actually clicking on your website and where they're coming from as well. Exactly. So that yes. slight tweak might change where they're coming from as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot to take in, isn't there, with this data and um, and to move from it. So there's A-B testing. That's that's what, what you want to do. Um, and, and you've noted here that, you know, analysing data without action... Is yes, it becomes a little bit pointless. I mean, who cares who yeah. your customers are, etc. It's, it's you need to be able to sort of make it and understand your business and work out what to do and how to how to approach things going forward. So, when is too much? Is it best to do this maybe once this test maybe once every three months? Take some time, or just it just depends on the volume of things that are hitting your website. How frequently you can do this testing? I think if you're doing, I mean, it depends if you if you're doing a lot of advertising, mm-hmm. you should be doing it constantly. Absolutely, constantly. The test. The testing. Right. If, if you and or if, a lot of people have tried advertising, and it, and it didn't work, 
so mm. they gave up on it. Mm. So if you tried on Google and it didn't work, try Bing or try something else. And just take me through what Bing is again. Is this just basically the competitor of Google? Yeah, so it's, it's Microsoft's essentially competitor to Google. It's having a go, isn't it? It is having a go. <laughs> um, but the, the problem that most businesses have is that if you really want to spend money on, let's just say, bookkeeper, mm. you could spend $1,000 a day paying for ads on bookkeeper. Mm. But it's, it's a, for a small business, that's way too much money. Mm. So you'll limit it and say, well, $50. Whereas, in fact, on Bing, $50, you'll still spend your $50, but you'll get twice as many people going to your website because the, the click rate is half as much, or the click rate is less. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's about, it's about that click rate, isn't it? It's about narrowing it down to how much it was per click. So is it a good idea maybe to do some A-B testing on Google and Bing? Absolutely, well and truly. Because mm, you never know if your customers might be in Bing in Microsoft World instead of Google World. Because the way advertising should work, digital advertising, which is kind of what we offer and we work with clients a lot with, is that you, you start small and if it doesn't work, then stop and you, you spent a small amount of money. But you start small and if it works, brilliant, and then spend twice as much, spend twice as much, spend twice as much. And then before you know it, your business can grow fairly quickly. Mm. If, you, if, you, if you can nail what works or if you can improve your offer. At what stage should we as businesses be getting depressed about our numbers? I mean, it's funny, it just fluctuates so much and you can see when you're pushing people to your website through either networking or through advertising when it happens. But should we really beat ourselves up when we're getting zero hits for a couple of weeks at a time? When should we be worried? I mean, certainly... There's, without any doubt, there's the straight accounting, etc. So if your if your numbers aren't looking good, then then that's the, the most important thing. Mm. Um, but like a lot of small businesses, it goes in sort of flows. Um, so therefore, hey, I've got a whole bunch of extra clients, and I've got a whole bunch of extra work. I haven't got time for anything else. Um, so it's about having these things in the quiet time, having it ready and testing it. So therefore, you're kind of in a busy period or at the end of a busy period, and you know you're about to be quiet then put it in, et cetera, and then, and then go with it. Yeah, and, and you need run. to be, it's, it's that crazy thing that you need to be working on your advertising at the time when you have no time to work on your advertising when, you, when you're at your busiest because when that quiet period comes, you want to catch on it and, and be able to do more work again when you've got the time. It's the crazy. Other, <laughs> the other thing that's really interesting about the advertising is that every advertiser has a trust score or mm. a quality score. Um, so if your ad is a good ad, so bookkeeper in Hornsby, mm. if you've got a really good ad and people go to your ad and they stay on your webpage and they do not go back, then that's good for the person who clicked on you, mm -hmm. clicked on there. Mm -hmm. If, however, they go to your webpage and they go out and they go to somebody else's webpage, then they obviously didn't find what they wanted originally. Mm. And so, therefore, your score will reduce. <gasps> and so, therefore... I guess you're not the only one who's looking at that pattern of behaviour, So, therefore, your... And when your score reduces, mm. your cost for ads goes up. Oh, oh, that's just mean. So therefore, if you do a poor job with your advertising, A, you get a whole bunch of people who are not interested in your business, mm. but B, your score goes up. And you see it a lot of the time. I mean, you could be, a, say, a bookkeeper in Hornsby, but if you're actually advertising in Cronulla, mm. somebody in Cronulla is not going to go all the way to Hornsby, so no. you've got to be... You've got to be Targeted. Okay, so that's all the more reason to make sure that that advertising is targeting the right person because if you go to the wrong person and they bounce in and out of your website and then go to a competitor, you're not the only one looking at your analytics, are you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite terrifying to think, I guess, the powerful hold 
that those algorithms do have on our business. I mean, do you think, let's just get a bit philosophical here though, do you think it's possible for a business not to survive with a website, with, without to survive without a website because you don't have to worry about all this stuff and you just go with pure organic, um, you know, do you think it's possible? Do you think it, it works? I, I mean, it's every time you speak to somebody, you say, oh, what's your website? Yeah. Um, you ask that question. You do. And then... That's a reality. Uh, and, and if they haven't got a website, you just think, why not? Are you... Are you too small. Are you too small? Mm. Are you hiding something? I mm. mean, even a Facebook page is better than nothing. Mm. Um, mm. And but it's really, what do you do? What do you offer, et cetera? Is this what I'm after, et cetera? Yeah, it is, it is just the perfect advertising platform. I mean, how, you think about if we went back to print days, we tried to print everything that was on the website in some sort of digestible form because we're all used to looking at websites now, we couldn't go backwards. We couldn't go back to that because there's so much data there. So it's really about, today's show has been about how to to set things up. So making sure you're logging into the right places. Don't forget about Bing. I really like that, that tip. That's awesome. The Bings, the Googles, the AdWords, making sure your website has the AdWords that you've punched into Google AdWords. So you've got to link those two things up. Linking, a lot of people find out what that that uh, the Google Analytics code is and then they don't bother putting it into their website. Have you seen that? People go, oh, yeah, I know what that is. I just haven't put it in the back end yet. I haven't got my IT guy to do it yet. So that's crucial, isn't it? It is. I mean, an IT guy should be able to do it in five minutes. Yeah. Um, like we've got a client, I'll just do it for free. Type yeah, of yeah, not, not charge you too much for the, for the privilege as well. Um, and so, and I really like the fact that you've got to do that you've got to do that broad testing at the beginning. And I think that's something we're maybe a little bit afraid of in terms of looking at what happens when we throw things out there and see what sticks because it might go against what we've planned to do with our business and you might be going down a different rabbit hole which you hadn't got mentally got your head around. But it's important to do. Absolutely. Mm. Another thing I kind of highly recommend people do is sort out surveys. Um, Mm. So you might have... 30 clients, but you might have 100 people on your on your email distribution list. So send out a survey using SurveyMonkey. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can ask kind of questions to people in that um, and say, well, what you're interested in this product, especially if you're looking at changing. Like, what do you like about the business? What do you like, not like about the business? Mm-hmm. What's important for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can ask any question you want. Um, SurveyMonkey, as I said, is free and they make it really easy to help you design questions. Um, try and keep it really simple like three or four minutes. Um, How many questions do you reckon? About 12 or so. Um, But they've got to be quick. They've got to be quick. Yeah, not just everything in a paragraph answer. Yes. It's like like if if you've got, oh, I've got 10 products, I've got to ask about 10 products. Have the 10 products and then say, how interested are you in this? Extremely likely to not very likely, et cetera. Mm. Not at all, et cetera. Um, so you can you can then get those results really quickly. So that kind of adds to the other data that you have available. And I would add to that as well, it's really important that you have an incentive for people to fill out the, the survey. So yes. I did this right at the beginning when I wasn't sure which, which, um, uh, which part, where I wanted to go, if I wanted to go down the creative road or if I wanted to go in terms of what my client base was going to be. I thought this was really, I just put it out to all the businesses that I could. Mm. Uh, and I got about 25 responses because I put a, you know, $50 Officeworks voucher on there. So you've got to give them something that's that's worthwhile and something to make it worth their time. I Absolutely. think that's really important because, you know, as altruistic as we are, <laughs> we're all a little bit time poor. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and so we might not be so willing to, to complete one of those things. And is that a good point? Is that a good thing to do at the beginning or at the beginning or also maybe when you're making a big change in your business before you go ahead and make all those changes? I, I think it's useful all the time. I mean, I think clients actually appreciate it 
um, they appreciate the fact that you're asking this, these questions and what's important to you and, and, and what do you like or what do you not like about the, the, the service, etc. Oh, I know people love giving their opinions. Exactly. And love giving advice. I mean, I always say to people when you're going to a networking event and you're just starting out, meet with anyone who will give you half an hour of their time. And if it means you're saying to them, look, I really value an opinion. Do you reckon you've got half an hour to just talk me through a bit of advice and what you think of my business idea? And people, I've never had someone say no. Everyone will make the time to help out a little guy. And I think that's something that we can be quite proud of in the Australian business community as well in that way, even if it's a competitor, which is really nice. Exactly. So talk me through, um, I'm a small business. I'm going, oh my God, I wear too many hats. I, I, I realise the value of engaging with someone and, and outsourcing to a consultant, a locally based consultant, might I add, not an overseas, but locally based. Did I say that again? Local. Um, and uh, tell me what we should be looking for in an SEO consultant uh, who's going to be value for money and also do the task the first time. So take, take me through what people should be looking for when they're looking for an expert. I think it's about being realistic um, about what's possible. Um, a lot of times SEO guys will promote, oh, I'll get you to sort of page one and get you to position one, page one, no problem. That's what we all get from the overseas people, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so it's about kind of being realistic. Um, and it's also kind of understanding kind of what are your goals. So what do you want from mm. a business? How much extra traffic do you want to get? Is your, is your business yeah, you ready scale to, up to this? You, yeah, you're ready to triple si- your size <laughs> tomorrow. Exactly. exactly. Um, so then, so how do you want to do that? Um, and then it's kind of looking at, um, so it's about... Somebody who looks at your business understands what your business does, um, and can kind of review it in a fair way. Because um, a lot of the times people will say, "Oh, your website's terrible," whereas in fact it's not actually all that bad. Um, so it's kind of be realistic about about that. Mm. Um, and then kind of somebody who actually wants to work with you um, over a, over a period over a of long time. period of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of SEO guys sort of say, "Oh, look, you need a twelve month contract," whereas I think that's. It's a bit unfair. I mean, we set up sort of three-month contracts because there's a little bit of work. Um, and then the idea is, is that after three months, you can see you're getting some good results and you want to continue. But if you want to stop at any stage, you can. Because mm. um, 90% of traffic um, on Google goes to the first page. 40% goes to position one, and then it's kind of 15, 10, 9, etc. Wow, that really drops off. It really does drop off. Um, so it's about being realistic so if you're getting the page one you can get those extra kind of hits coming in mm-hmm. so the SEI goal always going to work with you to say okay we can get you the extra traffic but then it's about the conversion rate optimization what needs to be improved to improve the conversion rate of that and so looking at the overall picture mm. um, help and who can write content because um, a lot of SEO people don't actually write particularly good content or they just got to leave it up to you and write all the content yourself um, which is, is hard for a lot of businesses. Oh, it's very difficult to describe what it is that you do and how well you do it. We all suck at that. That's why pitches are so hard. Yes, exactly. So you want a guy who's going to be able to provide you with that service as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, as well as a good price, of course. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you've just basically described what it is with any consultant. You should have someone who is willing to dedicate the time to get to know your business and really work with you on a tailored way. If someone's going to spit out some... 12-month plan that's just going to take you step by step through their process which will not change because this is the way they do it and they don't they're very hard and fast about it it might not work for your business exactly it's the same with any consultant really well the other thing is really just getting results 
because it's easy to say you'll get there, but it's somebody who's got proven results, somebody who's worked with a client similar to yours who yeah. so you can get there, who you can see, hey, show me what you did for somebody else, mm. how you went from this position to this position. Mm. And, and, and how work. their sales changed as well. Exactly. And obviously you should be able to ring up one of the previous clients and, and ask and get some and get some good verbal, you know, references. Absolutely. Fantastic. Look, um, look. I, my brain is full. It's been an absolutely fantastic show. Um, give us a quick plug. Where's, where's your website? Where can people find out more? Uh, www.heroseopartners.com.au. So have a look at this. Look about SEO. I mean, we offer a free consultation. Sit down, have a look at your website, look at total market size. And we kind of went through today ways to find out the market size, mm. ways to find the competitiveness. Mm. I have some tools that make it a lot easier to go through that and explain it through um, and work out what's possible. So. I love the way you come from a mathematical marketing background. You wear both hats. You actually, that's both sides of your brain engaged. That's, there's <laughs> so few of you out there. <laughs> Look, thanks so much for coming on the show, Alex. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and like we say always, if you've missed out on today's show, you can check it out at the smallbizmatters.com.au website. You can go to our blogs and podcast page. So thanks again for coming on the show, Alex. You've been listening to a Triple H 100.1 FM. This is Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. I'll see you all next week.